0: we have talked about all kinds of diets in the show the paleo diet a vegan diet vegetarian macrobiotic ayurvedic and even the engine 2 diet today we're adding yet another approach to optimal health the raw food diet It is the antidote to high heat and the extensive processing of foods, which destroy a food's nutritional value. In this hour of An Organic Conversation, we are honored by one of the most noted advocates of a raw food life, Annie Pio. The Raw Food Diet, what, why, and how, today on An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg,
1: And I'm Sitarani Palomar.
0: How can we eat whole foods in their most natural, unadulterated state? Today, we will learn the ins and outs of a truly pure way of eating the raw food diet. Is it for everyone? Is it for you? How does it work? And what to consider all that and more in this hour. But as always, we are starting the hour off with our week's review.
1: We read a fantastic piece off of Times India that they are starting a 24-hour farming channel. I kid you not, it's going to be completely focused on agriculture and issues that affect the farming community with topics like weather forecast and seeds.
0: So funny. 24
1: hours a day. <laughs> this
0: is brilliant. We got that from the Times India, one of the many newspapers that we are reading every morning. No, it's just a, a really interesting segue to what the internet and what communication channels have delivered at this point to us or or delivering to us every day.
1: And Helga, you do read. I mean, this is not the first time you've you've brought us some news piece from Times India because there is a big sustainability movement, a huge sustainability movement in India. Well, it's
0: also a billion people, country. And Mm -hmm. so India, heavily agriculturally based, similar to the U.S., much less technology, though integrated, more the small plots and really a farmer-based society. Interesting to hear that there's now a TV channel 24 hours promoting or talking about agriculture. We will see if that's actually sustainable agriculture or if there's an aspect of sustainable Mm -hmm. sustainability in it, or if it's promoting chemicals. I don't know how this channel is funded. It will be interesting to see that. And in light of that, the fastest growing segment in American agriculture is the young farmer, is the, the segment between 22, 25 and 35. And so to think that we would have a sustainable TV channel 24-7 that teaches young farmers better practices and, and helps them make their operations even economically viable, not just environmentally viable and sustainable, but economically too, would just go so far. It's really the one of the most critical things we could possibly do. So. Wonderful, wonderful inspiration from India. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll keep on it to see what that exactly turns out to be and what we can learn from it and maybe adopt and do here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. Well, I read Thank it. Thank you. So. <laughs>
1: Thank you for reading the <laughs> Thank Times you, India. Me.
0: Thank you, me. <laughs> I'm
1: Helge Helberg. And I'm Sitarani Palomar.
0: And this is An Organic Conversation. Our topic in this hour is the raw food diet. What, why, and how, with an expert on the topic That and more when we come back right after the break. Stay tuned.
3: Are you a chef, have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce? If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, walk right in to Earl's Organic Produce. Anyone can buy directly from us at wholesale prices. You don't have to be a natural food store to enjoy the freshest and most delicious organic produce. We are located on the San Francisco Produce Market at 2101 Gerald Avenue. We look forward to seeing you. Walk-in hours are Monday through Friday throughout the night from 10 p.m. to 10 a.m. Minimum purchase is one box or flat, cash or checks only. For more information, visit Earl's Organic
0: And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helga Helberg. And
1: I'm Sitarani Palomar.
0: On guitar today. And we are speaking with an expert about the most natural way of eating the raw food diet. What to consider, how it works, and the best and most delicious tips and recipes. That's our topic in this hour. But before we dive into that topic, as always, here's an overview from the world of health and beauty Sita Rani Palomar, aka Chef Sita, and her holistic
1: bite. Well, I am a tea fan. I used to be strictly coffee, and now I'm almost strictly tea. And I just love how many different flavor varieties and health varieties you get from steaming tea. But did you know that you can actually use tea in your beauty routine as well. And when I was younger and I was just experimenting with all these fun facials and things in my teen years, I used to fill up the basin in the sink in the bathroom with super hot water and put tea bags in and then give myself a steaming facial. And it occurs to me that you can use this exact same principle in your bathtub and make a bath tea. So this is something that we... Heard more from Cami McBride, a guest that we had when we did Healing with Herbs, and it's not all that different than adding essential oils to your bathwater. Here's a recipe that I really enjoy. I find it very enjoyable for men and women, and it has nice scent, and they're things that you probably have in your house and could use in many different ways. So I put the rind of two lemons that I've squeezed for lemon water or used for vinaigrette, as well as about a cup of basil leaves into a hot bathtub and let it kind of infuse for a few minutes while the bath is running and getting filled. You can add a tablespoon of ground oatmeal as well because oats are so nice for soothing the skin. And that's that simple. And that's just one of the many different ingredients that you can use to put together a lovely, relaxing aromatherapy bath experience. You don't have to use fresh lemon rind or even fresh basil. You can use dried, but then cut the amounts into a third of what I recommended here. And I'm really looking forward to trying this recipe with rose petals, which is one thing that Cami McBride talked about, making a big pot of rose tea and then whatever's left over that she didn't drink that day, she puts into her bath. So some rose petals and orange rind is another very luxurious thing to do. And um, I even saw on Credo Beauty a great suggestion to use one of their bath teas or beauty teas where they, they actually freeze it in ice cubes and then use it as a cold compress under under your eyes to decrease any puffiness. So endless opportunities. If you've done something like this at home, send us a message and let us know how you like to use teas for steaming facials and for baths. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Just tweet us at Talk Organic. And that's this week's Holistic Bite.
0: Thank you, Sita. Wonderful. Wow, that's totally integrated wellness. You don't just drink your tea. You. Faith in it and the, you use it to reduce redness or wrinkles under your eyes or black spots or whatever. Nice. That, you know, the episode
1: that we did with Cammie McBride, which we have re before the Healing with Herbs episode, opened my eyes to all of the different ways that you can use the herbs that are growing in your yard or herbs that you pick up that you didn't use all of them in your kitchen that week. And really drinking the tea throughout the day, the herbal tea throughout the day, and then using it in your beauty routine or using it in your cleaning supplies or... Just endless opportunities. And
0: the ni- nice thing about you know food-based ingredients, if you s- so will, is that you can use them topically and you can ingest them. Most mm-hmm. products that are out there in the world are so laden with questionable ingredients mm. that you would never ingest them. Mm. You shouldn't put them on your skin, but at least you shouldn't ingest them. In this case, use them any way you want to, right? In your bath water, in your face, or you can make a tea out of it and drink it. That's just so nice, that mm-hmm. the safety. Is on all levels, literally on all surfaces.
1: Good callback to last week's episode on the safety of personal care products. Such a good interview. Yes.
0: And that is our topic in a way, what you can put on your skin and what you could put in your body. Picking up from last week's episode, we are now looking at produce as the main staple, raw produce really, the raw food diet, our focus in this hour. And with us now is one of the most regarded experts on the topic of raw foods and a raw food diet, also super athlete, Annie Pugh. Annie, are you with us?
2: Yes, I'm here. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show. So
0: great to have you. Thank you. You're an author and you're also a health, wellness, raw food, and detox expert. And just to put meaning behind that super athlete title, in 2013, you won the gold medal, Southern California gold medalist in powerlifting. So we want to touch on that too, but I thought it's fun to start the show off with that really looking at raw food, not just as a health aspect, but even to maintain an active body. Let's start with that, though. As a raw food expert, how do you define a raw food diet or a raw food lifestyle?
2: My definition has changed a little bit over the last several years, but the original definition is that it's vegan and includes four things. It includes fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, and that's it. And nothing is heated over, for my definition, 104 degrees. Some people go up higher to maybe 116 degrees or so, but my food never goes over 104. So again, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, never heated. And I think the real premise behind it is that we're getting food directly from Mother Nature. So nothing is processed, packaged, made up into something else with preservatives and colors and flavor and sodium and sugar. So it's really just eating food whole and straight from the earth. So in the summer, or I'm in California, so in Southern California, so all year we have farmer's markets. So it's really about, for me, going to the farmer's market and buying what was picked at 4 a.m., and I buy it at like 10 a.m. It's super fresh, and it's just from the earth.
0: Of course, in the most unadulterated state, no processing, what happens at 104 or 116 degrees? What what has science shown us? Is that the, the moment when food starts to change?
2: Yeah, so what happens is that the fiber first of all starts to soften and the water that is naturally in the cells and in the plant, it's structured water as well that's been filtered by the earth by the plant. So it's perfect structured water starts to evaporate and then the fibers breaking down at the same time we're damaging the vitamins the nutrients the living enzymes that are part of it so we're damaging everything that's living it would be like this isn't a good analogy but you know like when you sit in a really hot hot tub you feel like you're like cooking and your skin's like burning it's like that it's a great analogy starting to damage actually starting to damage the living parts Annie,
1: I want to talk about the why behind this. Why eat this way? What are the health benefits? You've alluded to the the denaturing of the fiber, the loss of the water, the loss of the vitamin and mineral contents or, or density, and also the digestive enzymes. What are the health benefits of not changing your food?
2: Oh my. So um, first of all, you are taking in the fiber and the water, which we've talked about, the structured water. So conceptually, in a way, it's a hose that's washing your insides clean and the fiber can be thought of as a broom that's sweeping through your, your system, clearing everything out. So it is the most detoxifying, cleansing diet on the planet. So it's very clean. So you know, these days there's this juice craze that's going on that I'm so adamant against them. But People aren't realizing that there are juice fruits in there. There's a ton of sugar, sometimes 60 grams of sugar. We're not, we're not really supposed to eat more than 30 grams of sugar a day. And they're drinking that without any fiber, no fat, and they're just rushing all that sugar into their bloodstream. So there's an example of something that may be raw, they call it cold press, but they've actually adulterated it by stripping away the sugar from the fiber, in which case the fiber and fat are actually two things that slow down time release the sugar into our bloodstream that we don't get the the insulin rushes. So that's like the idea is that if you're just eating everything whole, raw food is just different types of salads that are just composed in different ways, right? So we might have zucchini. So instead of like dicing the zucchini or slicing the zucchini and putting it into a salad with tomatoes, what we'll do is use a spiralizer as the simplest, easiest recipe and A spiralizer basically cuts, like, the daikon that people are familiar with that sits under your sushi at a sushi restaurant. It's like the strands. It's a machine. And so we'll cut angel hair pasta. But this pasta is made out of zucchini. But it has a very similar mouthfeel and shape and consistency and texture and everything to actual pasta, angel hair pasta. We'll blend uh, tomato sauce. So it's so easy. Just blend up some tomatoes with some herbs. So if you want to put oregano, thyme, rosemary with a little bit of olive oil, maybe a splash of lemon juice. And um, if you want it to be a little sweet, maybe one date. And that's your marinara. And you toss it together and that's what we eat instead of white flour and sugar and a jar of tomato sauce or whatever it might be.
1: It sounds so refreshing. And I am personally a huge fan of raw food and these kinds of recipes that you're already alluding to. And before we jump too much into the recipes, which is the part that I'm most excited about, but I want to talk just a little bit more about the health benefits because the thing that has resonated so strongly with me has to do with the enzymes and the digestive enzymes. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
2: Well, the thing is that when we leave an avocado on a counter – it will ripen and it'll break down and it'll spoil, right? So those are the enzymes that are doing that. When we heat a food or can a food or process a food, we're taking that. I'm on the West Coast, so I call it life force energy. It's a little woo-woo, but um, it's the enzymes and the, the living component of that, it goes away. The enzymes, too, can be found in things like miso that is unpasteurized. The so things that are fermented have a lot of enzymes and also probiotics. So that's why things like um, sauerkraut, pickles, things that are are pickled like that are actually really good for us now, too. Um, we actually need those enzymes because the enzymes are what are the building blocks. They're sort of the, the thing that pulls together the vitamins, the minerals, the all the different nutrients. And the enzymes are like little trucks, sort of, the little pickup trucks that drive them to the parts of our body that we need to utilize those nutrients. So the enzymes are really like the working component in the food that gets everything through our body. And so if we're eating food that doesn't have that, then it's almost like a foreign substance that our body doesn't necessarily recognize.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really good point. So when we leave a food intact, so to say, it will go through the cycle of life. When we cook a food and leave it on the counter, we would have mold on it within a day or two. So yeah. it's what, interesting. What's interesting yeah. is if you
2: take a raw food dish and throw it in the earth and then take something that's been denatured and throw it into the earth, That denatured thing, heaven forbid, some of them never even change. Like a Dorito or a a Twinkie, as we know, that will just stay as is forever, right? But um, the raw food will turn into compost. Hmm. And after a while, you'll see sprouts growing out of it. (laughs) So it's like the food is also then giving life. So it's really
0: really a raw food diet. It's really a live food diet, right? You keep that life force energy as much alive as possible. And it's the same energy that makes a plant grow Other than sunlight, of course, but the enzymes, the parts of the plant that actually then decide to convert that sunlight into growth everything that's going on on a on a chemical process within the plant you want to ingest because it's close to our bodies and good for us which is an interesting point that you said healthy diets it's kind of outside of our bodies when we look at all kinds of diet approaches what you eat is not necessarily what you get right the difference between what's on your plate and what your body can recognize and metabolize really and use utilize is really different it might look decently healthy on your plate, but if your body doesn't really recognize or it's not the, the right food for your body for the, in that time of year, that might not work no matter how healthy it appears on your plate. So I have a question around that. And just as a mini station idea, you're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg.
1: And I'm Sitarani Palomar.
0: And with us is Annie Pio, author and health, wellness, raw food and detox expert who's joining us from Los Angeles, she is the author of several award-winning books, best-selling, and also the 2013 Southern California Gold Medalist in Powerlifting. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But Annie, can you tell me, is this diet approach for anyone, for everyone? How can you get into it? What should you consider? Does the blood type, I'm a blood type O, I'm a you know, middle-aged man, I, I'm an athlete. Does, would that work for me or what do I need to consider? Do I, need, do I get enough protein through this diet? What, what are the, the things to look out for?
2: I think that this diet can work for everybody. But again, I think that it works best as a detox and cleansing tool. I've been doing this for a long time now, my career about 20 years. I grew up on it, but everything, i not everything, but I've seen a lot now that people may do it for many, many years, but then come off of it. Um, So I think that each person is different. It is possible to eat this way and be an athlete. I used to work with Adidas athletes at Adidas corporate headquarters in Portland. So um, it is possible. So depending on our lifestyle, our climate, what we're going to be eating is very different. So I have a girlfriend who's been completely raw. Her children are completely raw for over a decade. And she's in England. So she when she comes over and when we eat together, a big majority of what she's eating is fat. It makes sense because she's in a very cold, damp climate. When I was in Portland, Oregon, I also ate a lot more fat. I ate things that were spicy that would add heat, garlic, ginger, turmeric, peppers those type of things need to be taken into consideration if we're living in a jungle and it's humid and hot I mean it's super easy to walk through the jungle and pick fruit and you know I eat way more sugar in that kind of environment as well I'm also very active so I'm burning through the sugar when I'm in LA or when I'm in anywhere else like Portland or London I'm not really eating fruit at all I really watch my sugars but when I do go to Bali or I was just in Thailand which is working with the Ritz Carlton I was eating fruit all day, you know, because I'm like I'm working out, I'm active, I'm working, you know, um, and the climate's so hot and humid and muggy. So definitely, it's, it's possible for everyone, but it depends on where they are right now. So if they're eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of carbs and things like that, and a lot of sugar, it needs to be a gradual process. So the easiest thing to add on to any diet, I always try not to um, create like an eating disorder or something with my people that I've that I work with. But I just say, like, um, you know, if you want to eat your eggs and bacon, then go over there and make your eggs and bacon. And I'll be, with the blender, blending a huge protein shake full of superfoods. It'll have spirulina. It'll have nuts and seeds. It'll have hemp seeds, which are my favorite. I'll put it in a bunch of MSM and things like that. And I'll blend a really delicious smoothie. And so their eggs and bacon are done. And I'll say, here, drink this huge pint of smoothie first. So they drink it down. Again, it has the fiber. It's not like a juice where we've stripped out the fiber. It has the fiber. It's a whole food. We just let the blender chew it for us. So they drink that down. And after they drink all that fiber and all that water and all those superfoods, a whole pint of it, and I say, okay, go ahead and eat your eggs and bacon now. (laughs) They may take a few bites or maybe eat like half of what they normally would have. And then I have them sit there and really think and feel. Like, how do you feel? You know, they're like, wow, I feel lighter. I feel clearer, I have more mental clarity, I I feel like I can focus more. So they can definitely feel that difference because nothing's bogging them down. Everything they're eating is going directly to their cells. All their bodies is utilizing every single ounce of everything.
0: That's very sneaky of you and uh, brilliant. smart. (laughs) And with the volume of a nice big whole foods Smoothie or shake that you where you used all components and just put it in a blender. Of course, you're also half full. So, if that is the basis of your diet, whatever you put on top, you only eat half <laughs> to begin with, exactly because you're already what nurtured. I-
2: yeah, and over time, it just grows, like the good stuff grows, and the bad stuff starts to decrease, because mm-hmm. they understand, like, I can either take a mouthful of something where every single morsel is giving me vitamins, minerals, enzymes, nourishment to my body that's going to energize my body, my body stronger, more powerful, more healthy, more vibrant, more beautiful, more energetic, or I can eat this other thing that's going to drag me down, make me feel heavy, make me feel tired, suck the life out of me, or, you know what I mean, not give me life, but take away my energy. Yeah, they, once they feel that, it's sort of a no-brainer. And then when we go on to lunch, the easiest thing to do is I just say, whatever you want to eat, just make sure that you have a salad that's just as big. So if you're going to have a burger and fries, and you, you're going to have a giant salad as well. And the same thing, you know? So eat your giant salad first. And, again, we're putting hemp seeds on there. I, I love the sprinkled chlorella powder and, and spirulina powder on my salad. Like, I, I mix it all through. Maybe some sunflower seeds, some, some flax oil, and then have them eat that first, same thing happens again. If you want, you could top it off with like a chocolate, raw chocolate shake. Right, so if they eat the salad, drink the shake, there's no way. They may eat, like, one
0: burger and fries. let Let's talk about more recipe tips and actually oil. When you said fat earlier, my ears perked up, and I want to know how oil fits in there as it is somewhat even cold-pressed, at least pressed out of the original food. All that and more when we come back right after the break. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. And
1: I'm Sitarani Palomar.
0: And again, on the phone with us from Los Angeles, California, is Annie Pio author and health wellness raw food and detox expert during the break check out her website anniepio.com that's a-n-i-p-h-y-o.com annie stay with us we'll be right back with more
1: Fry Vineyards Mendocino County Award winning wines without added sulfites, available at grocery stores and online at frywine.com. That's F R E Y W I N E.com. Produce is ever changing, seasons coming and going. At Earl's Organic, we have been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. Since 1988, Earl's Organic Produce has been establishing strong relationships with growers and developing a deep understanding of the seasons so you can offer the most delicious organic produce to your customers, staff, and clients year-round. For organic produce, visit Earl's Organic Produce at earlsorganic.com. That's earlsorganic.com.
0: And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Hilbert. And
1: I'm Sita Ronnie Palomar.
0: Our topic in this hour is the raw food diet. What, why, and how? And who better to have on the phone with us than Annie Pio, really the expert on the topic of raw food. She's a health, wellness, raw food, and detox expert and the author of several books in this regard. And also, I just love saying that, the 2013 <laughs> Southern California gold medalist in powerlifting, of all things. Good for you. Annie, um, I want to come back with the topic we touched on before the break. You said earlier fat, and then you mentioned again hemp seed oil or other oils. Flax oil. Or flax mm-hmm. oil. How does oil fit into a raw food diet? For me, from Germany, it's a cooler climate, northern Germany, I would think this is a very detoxing and kind of cooling diet to begin with. I would need to balance that with some heating spices and with some serious fat content, and I wouldn't be able, I think, to get that just from nuts. So hearing that fats are allowed or oils are allowed is great. How are oils justified in a raw food diet since they are somewhat processed?
2: they are somewhat processed there are actually oils that are centrifuge and very green so you know there's a debate that when you press a seed there's that that friction that pr- that not friction the pressure from it that actually generates heat in turn cooking that oil but there are centrifuge oils and, and it's a little bit different, too. I know some people don't like oils, period. And if one is doing raw food without doing a lot of sugar, our calories come um, one, you know, tablespoon of agave or honey is 100 calories or, you know, one date or one banana, one apple is about 100 calories. But four cups of greens is only 14 calories. And then also one tablespoon of oil is about 100 calories. So whether it's coconut oil, avocado oil, hemp seed oil, flax oil, um, there's some oils that are good, like the hemp and the flax for omega-3s, and it is a good way to get a little bit more calories in because if we're not eating as many fruits, because we do still need to get a certain number of calories. So I like to add, use, I used to use a lot more nuts, but lately I use a lot more seeds. I use sunflower seeds and I love hemp seeds. So I use a lot of seeds. I use a lot of superfoods, again, like the spirulina and chlorella, but I do like to drizzle it off with like flax oil or hemp oil. And that just gives it a little bit more superfood nutrients in there. Sure, and, that makes sense, yes. Um, the omegas, and then a little bit more calories in there, too. So, uh, so uh, I really love the healthy fats.
0: A um, tablespoon oil. of, of oils throughout the day, if it's high-quality, cold-processed, uh, plant-based yes. oils, that's totally fine.
2: Yes, and coconut oil is really wonderful, too. I mean, I use coconut oil on my face, on my hair, on my skin, and I, you know, I eat it. I love it.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about it, how... What's great for your body internally, of course, can be used and should be used on your skin and vice versa. Whatever you put on your skin, yes. technically, Absolutely. you should be able to, to eat and ingest because <laughs> you will ingest it in one way or another anyway. Funny exactly. to have this kind of perceived barrier between what we, what we use in our environment overall and what we ingest. It's really all in the same. Sita, you had a great follow-up question. Well,
1: I, I love how simple this approach is to raw food. By the way, Annie has wonderful YouTube videos with recipes on how to make your own delicious and simple raw food meals. And as somebody who has more raw food books on my, on my shelf, on my cookbook shelf, than I can even count on both hands, I know that there is a certain amount of um, belief that this diet can be an inexorbitant amount of work. If you talk about, you know, making a tortilla batter out of the nuts and seeds and the fruits and vegetables and laying it out in a dehydrator to dehydrate overnight. That kind of thing does take a lot of time, and it takes a lot of fancy equipment, but it doesn't always have to be that way. And and I like the way you're suggesting recipes that seem to be something anybody can bootstrap into their diet to get more raw food. So can you talk more about raw food recipes for beginners and then raw food recipes for advanced practitioners of, of eating more raw food?
2: Yeah, the thing is that, like with the example that you gave, making a corn tortilla, I mean, that, that is pretty easy. All you have to do is, like, blend up whole corn kernels. Um, you want to put a little bit of olive oil in there or hemp oil, whatever oil you want, only because when you drop it onto, make little circles onto the dehydrator trays, the oil is what will keep it pliable, right? If you wanted to make chips, then you just pour the corn batter, basically, onto onto the dehydrator sheets and just um, dehydrate it and it'd be crispy. But if you want it to be pliable and you add a little olive oil, but... If you don't have a dehydrator, you don't want to do that. You could just use a cabbage leaf, which works wonderfully. You could use a romaine leaf. So there's definitely workarounds. I think that in the everyday raw food, we have to just food process and blend. And it's super fast, super easy. That's how I live my life every day. If I have like a Thanksgiving meal or if I have like, you know, my family and my friends are coming over and I'm hosting something now and again. I may dehydrate, but on the everyday, I'm not, I rarely use my dehydrator actually. And again, the dehydrator, it's, you know, it's sucking all that, that moisture out. So it's a really great tool for transitional diets. If somebody is really missing like a cracker and they want to make flax crackers, so they get that crunch. But I think once we get into the lifestyle, it's so fast and so easy. I mean, I'll literally just, I'll give you another recipe example, but I'll make like a, a cheese with four ingredients. So you can use whatever nut or seed you want. So let's say, as an example, we're making almond cheese, okay? so Or you could do cashew cheese. If you're doing a cheese and you want the pungency, so you want to use some garlic, you want, because cheese is pungent, cheese is also fermented, so you want that like sour, which comes from lemon, and then it's also salty, so you put salt. So those four things, the nut or the, nut or the seed, lemon, garlic, salt, And then you just food process it or blend it, adding water as needed to the desired consistency. And I make a batch of that. And I leave it in my fridge. And it'll keep for at least a week. And if it goes bad, what happens is it starts to ferment, which is even better. Mm -hmm. It's cheese. (laughs) And some people will actually leave it out so that it will ferment. They won't even put it in the fridge. So it'll start to turn sour on its own and ferment. And then that way you can just, you know, if I'm in a rush, I'll just take celery sticks or romaine leaves or cabbage leaves, and I'll just like put a scoop of that cheese in there. And then you could put whatever you want on that. So you can either have like a salsa that you've made the day before, or you could just chop up a tomato and avocado and some cilantro and just throw it on there. And that's like a, a <laughs> so, so great. Fancy. And
0: I, I loved your suggestion that, yes, of course, a dehydrator. And if you want that crunch, which immediately I thought of radishes, that you can get some crunch yeah. too. But I've now yeah. seen actually – a Mexican restaurant here in the Bay Area that uh, offers skinny tacos. It's basically the filling you want, but on a a leaf of lettuce instead of a corn tortilla. And it's so great to see that how produce slowly but surely trickles more and more into our diet, which gets us to um, the last point. We're almost out of time, but I do want to give a shout out to your certification uh, courses. You have a great website. You have amazing books. You have some really wonderful educational videos. Plug your certification courses. W- who are they for? What will people learn? How can people sign up?
2: Oh, so um, I have three levels. And my motivation really for these raw certification courses, they're not just cooking classes. They can be. And I have many people that come just to learn from me how to make food. But it's really targeted at the Home Chefs. And in the first level, in level one, they're each 15-hour classes, sometimes over two days, sometimes over three days here in Los Angeles. Level one is simply using a food processor and a blender. So what I'm doing is showing somebody how to make a sauce and then how to alter the sauce to become a soup or become a dressing, right? So it's all the same ingredients, just like I was talking about that cheese, just now four ingredients. So it's this food processor and blender for that whole weekend. And then level two is where a little bit more of the advanced techniques come in, like chocolate making and the dehydrator, and also fermentation and pickling. And then by the third level, it's really – the third level is teacher certification – And so um, what what inspired me to create this certification program really was that I wanted to inspire people to launch businesses of their own. Because so many people, I consult for so many people that are like, I want to write a book or I want to do videos or I want to launch a packaged food line or do catering or open a cafe. So this is a way that they could spend time with me and we talk about what their business is that they want to do, what their branding would be how they have to think about their marketing, their unique selling proposition, how to fund it, um, how to plan for it and so that it will be successful. So it's really to inspire because everyone who loves raw food and is inspired by raw food goes out and, and does something, even just shares that food in their community, sure. helps to spread the message. and. You know, we have to get it out there. Yes, the more people that get the message, and more lives we save, and the more people we help. That's right? true. <laughs> Hence this show. And yes. I am, well, we're
1: so grateful <laughs> that you are out there doing this work and getting more of this work into the hands and mouths of people around the world. I know that you do consult and teach around the world too, and really grateful that you came on this hour. It's been so enriching. Thank you very much, Annie. And
0: I do want to, I do want to so ask mm-hmm. Annie, what, what was your powerlifting weight?
2: Oh my! Well, it, it goes by your weight class. So yes. I'm at 132 and I power lifted 115. Wow. So it doesn't sound very much, but no, my trainer told me that a man insane. who's 132 would be lifting 250 pounds. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's
0: the equivalent <laughs> of that. Good, cool. Um, that's
2: fantastic.
1: Bench press. Do you, that's, that's do bench
0: you press. offer some free slots at your courses for some weird media people if you came down? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think we could talk about that. I think we could order that. Great.
0: You don't need to answer, but we, we will see you again. I love again.
1: you guys, yeah. And we love your books and your videos and we encourage everybody to check out com. That's A-N-I-P-H-Y-O.com. Annie, thank you again for being with us this Wonderful. hour.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you We'll so talk much. to you soon. Take Bye-bye. care. <laughs> and we're staying with the topic of raw foods and raw produce. produce. <laughs> Here, what's coming up on an organic conversation is what's in season. That's what's next. I'm Helga Hilbert. And
1: I'm Sita Rani Palomar.
0: Stay tuned for more. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helbert And
1: I'm Sitarani Palomar.
0: A topic in the hour is and was and is the raw food diet. What, why, and how with nobody better than Annie Pew, author and health wellness raw food and detox expert. That was fun.
1: That was fun. She
0: makes it so accessible. She does. So easy. <laughs> uh, love it. And we are staying with raw food as promised. Here is our very own Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce with an outlook from the world of produce, fruits and vegetables. All organic, here is what's in season. And with us now, of course, the voice of the San Francisco produce market Mr. Organic, Mr. Earl Herrick of Earl's Organic Produce. Earl, are you with us?
3: Hello, Sita, Hello, <laughs> hello.
1: Welcome back to the show, and welcome back to California. We talked to you last week. You called in yes. from Texas.
3: Yes, yes. It's good to be, you know, back in the state. Uh, loving, love traveling, uh, and, I, and I went to areas that had great food, but. It's hard to beat the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah,
0: especially this time of year, I assume, because I yes. think, isn't it, isn't it stone fruit season soon? What's what's or going a on? Full swing
1: now.
3: Yeah, what's oh, going yeah. on in the prune stock? Yes. We're, we're really we're really into it now. Uh, as I mentioned last week, I saw some peaches in Texas, and that was great fun. And every week we go on. And right now, um, you know, from from about the first of June on through July and even August, we have prime time. California, and I'm sure I know Georgia's got a big crop, and when I was out in Texas, I was talking to some people, and they said they did, too. So this is really peach time, but it's not only peaches. It's, it's the other stone, stone fruit uh, also, and uh, I think nectarines, you know, they're hard to separate the two. They come out at the same time. At this particular time, in the early stages of June, throughout June, there seems to be a collection of white nectarines that are very prominent now. Different varieties of which I'll name a couple. They're they're of the pearl variety, and what I mean by that is they're they're called June Pearl and Spring Pearl and Candy Pearl. And these these particular ones, and really, it gets to the heart of why I love white nectarines. They're delicate and yet they can be incredibly intense. I know that sounds almost counter- contradictory, um, but they have this wonderful, easy flesh. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. They're they're. Can be brightly rose color with this background of white and cream, and I would say if you've never really got into them or if you've
1: wanted more,
3: this is the time to really indulge yourself in the white nectarine world. Yes, she does
0: rolling her eyes with delight.
1: I, well, I, you know, so so a couple of things about nectarines and peaches. For a long time before I got into the food world, I didn't really understand the difference, and so now yeah. I know when I'm going shopping that the peaches have the fuzz and the nectarines are more on this are, are the smooth ones is that a pretty accurate differentiation Uh, yes and then i didn't really get the difference between white and yellow peaches and Mm -hmm. nectarines and it wasn't until i really got serious about trying the flavors i know what you're saying earl about the intensity which seems a little bit counterintuitive but it's a very it's a delicate fruit but the the flavor is like candy sweetness when you bite in to a ripe
0: White nectarine. It's just really true to self, right? Many many mm. um, produce items kind of have different notes throughout the year, but there's something very directed in a in a white nectarine that I love. If it's a good white nectarine, I know exactly what, what to expect gonna like. and what it's mm-hmm. ta- going to taste like, and um, I love that actually. It's a very straightforward. Uh, flavor bouquet, kind of that you can expect. Does that make well, sense? Well, I love
3: the word that you use there, and that's directed, and and that is uh, so so perfect. Um, you know, I, you know, if as you're talking, it's reminding me more about the, the the distinction between the yellow and the white. For me, is the yellow may have different flavors, oh, yeah. more Honey, round flavors. That's right. Yes. And then the white one has has this kind of real sharp, as you say, not sharp but directed focused intensity. It's, it's wonderful stuff.
1: And the thing for me, when I was first trying nectarines and peaches, and I felt like I hadn't had a really fantastic blow your mind experience the way that so many people talk about good peaches and nectarines, all comes down to the ripening. And yeah. I found that if I were if I was buying them on the firmer side and ripening them at home and just kind of testing them every day or a couple times throughout the day until it got to the right softness, that's how I was able to get a flavor that really matched what you're describing.
3: Yeah, the, one of the things you want to look for, again, as you're picking out fruit, is the undertone. The, uh, and that is you want to have the background color very – they should not have any green. And really look at the stem – Because that means it's being picked too early. It's not mature enough. I mean, it will continue to ripen, but maturity is, we're talking about the the level of concentration of flavor and sweetness. Because as it ripens, that will come out. That will expand into what we call ripe. But it's got to be mature long enough on the tree to obtain that. So look for no green on it or, or just the very small stages of it. And the background should be... Mostly uh, a, 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 a dark yellow, or a lighter yellow, or a, or, a, or a real nice cream. Then you're going to get some nice, nice flavor there.
0: Great, and we have a great video on how to cut peaches. Um, we do cling, cling peaches, and what are the other stone. ones? Free stones. Yes, check out anorganicconversation.com. I have a quick question, Earl, I I yeah. bought a little container of apriums. Mm. last week i thought i was buying um pluots no i thought i was buying uh, the little apricots apricots exactly yeah. i thought they looked like apricots and i couldn't yes. even find the signage for pricing and then i realized oh they're apriums yeah. a, a mix between okay. an apricot oh. and a plum i guess
3: yeah there's that's an aprium all right and there's there's uh they're called honey rich that's one variety um that's the one that comes to mind right away they um they're a little more stable meaning they're not quite as fragile as, as some of the apricots you can get and i think the early ones which were in that were still in the early stages of the apricot world is, is has better flavor the early apriums versus the early apricots though new fruit is getting developed all t- all the time and I think we're going to have a, uh, a, a section on this at some point. We're going to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, the apron is a very nice piece of fruit. Again, it's pretty delicate, not as delicate, so you still want to handle them with care and, and choose it like you do other stone fruit. You know, there's, other, there's some other great things going on, of course, and that's cherries. Um, we can consider that a stone fruit. fruit. And we've just finished the California crop when we're getting into the northwest. Nice. And you really want to look for the bings. They can't, they probably should be available right about now or very, very soon. It's a very good crop out of the northwest. Think Oregon and Washington, even up to British Columbia. And I'm i my understanding, what I've heard is it could be a record year in in the cherries if the weather continues to hold weird things can happen up there. Nice
0: and just to to follow up on your statement that new product is being developed of course this is all crossbred um, yes. hybridization of products just as it would happen in nature uh, naturally And um, there's no engineering of any weird kind or definitely no genetic engineering when you see a new crop and it is organic it means the natural methods of, of crossbreeding to species that would or could in nature crossbreeding through bees just the natural way so no worries there but it's interesting to see new products emerge um,
3: yeah a- yeah, uh you know there there was a focus for the longest time years ago decades ago of shipability developing hardier varieties, now it's much more about flavor, which is a great turnabout, something we should all uh, be thankful for, and also probably cool. slap ourselves on the back because, because, you know, it's it's from the end user that has been crying out for, for better flavor that mm-hmm. that, 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 <laughs> that research and development Finally,
0: happened. yes, good. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs>
3: hey, one uh, other, I want to touch one other thing, even though it's not a stone fruit, and that's figs. You know, there's two crops of fig The first one comes out in June. The the pieces of fruit are generally a little larger. They're not quite as sweet and flavorful as the second crop, which is going to be coming on at the uh, end, probably the middle and end of July. So figs are around. Wow, round. figs are really, coming. Really, really wonderful ones will be in about a month, but, they, but if you can't wait, there's some early figs right now.
1: Well, and I have to say with the early figs in particular, because they're not quite as sweet and they're not quite as tender, those are the ones I like to cook and bake with. Yeah. And yeah. The, and oh, when yes. the super sweet late season ones come just eat them right out of the carton. But oh. summer is
0: here <laughs> unmistakably. Stone fruit is here in full swing and next thing is figs. Wonderful and we will hear how the fig season is progressing I'm sure in upcoming weeks. Thanks thanks so much for being part of the show this week and for the update. Welcome back again and yes, we'll talk to you to next back. week. <laughs>
3: I, I I and I will be seeing you very, very soon. <laughs> Looking, Looking forward to it. Take take Thanks Sarah. Yes. <laughs> Bye now. Bye.
0: Bye. Wow, amazing. Summer is here, produce is here, stone fruit is here, fakes are coming. <laughs> <This is> <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: so excited.
0: <laughs> no really then from now, kind of June, July into September, October is the produce time. And I it's year-round, but this is really where every three days something new comes up. This is where the earth produces. I can feel it, and what an apropos show on it is. raw food and uh, living foods. I do think Lovely.
1: that if you are going to experiment with a raw food diet for the first time, there exactly. is not a better season it. than right now. And
0: it's warming right now. I mean, it is warm, and so uh, this is a, a cooling diet. Mm-hmm. It's a detoxifying it diet. So, yeah, you're right. In, in this hemisphere at least uh this is the summertime this is where you want to eat more raw cooling anyway yeah it, nobody eats a huge ha- hot well, soup or meal right now uh, i mean some people might but That
1: that reminds me a lot of the episode we did on the three-season diet, the Ayurvedic episode, which talked a lot about eating according to what's happening in the environment around you and talking about summertime in particular being the time when you're eating the high carbohydrate, the high um, water density, fruits and vegetables. And that's a lot of what Annie was talking about, and she said that a friend of hers, who's a raw foodist in England, eats more fat because in the northern climate it's a lot colder. So, you know, and, and every diet has a slightly different philosophy. I know that there are diets that say you shouldn't have any raw food because you need to have a naturally hot, you know, body constitution warming, in order, yeah. yeah, in order to to do well on this kind of diet. So. The, my my recommendation is always, you know, find what works for you. It's going to be different than the person who's sitting next to you. And it's going to be different than it was 10 years ago. And it'll be different in another 10 years. So you just need to be attuned and give yourself a lot of different things to try to see what makes you feel great.
0: Yeah, I love that. The recommendation is, there's no recommendation. There's no recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> Our job is just to explain and make people curious about what's out there and how does it work. And it's so fun when you find what works for you. And you're right, it might change with the year, it might change with... With the seasons, it might change over ten years with your age. You know, lightly cooked, fully cooked, not cooked, raw. It's and which part of raw, you know, can you handle the the nut butters and seed butters or just more leafy greens in their raw form or slightly steamed? Like it's just just find your way in all this. We're just trying to help people navigate all these diets (laughs) and (laughs) this often confusing world of body care and other products, body care products, other products, and of course, food.
1: Well, and I will say there have been periods of my life, there was a period of about three years where I was raw between three and six months out of the year. And I have a story from that. No, cookies don't count. I would make raw cookies or buy raw (laughs) cookies, which is not exactly what, what Annie is talking about. But I went to Peru while I was on a raw food diet. And I went with a group of about 12 people. And I was eating all raw. I brought raw snacks. It was easy to be raw there because there was so much fresh food coming from the jungle, the the vegetables and the papaya and mango and avocado and all of those things. I was the only one on the trip who did not get sick for the two weeks we were there. And I do feel like that had to do with the fact that I was consuming so many nutrients that were keeping my immune system strong and that I wasn't eating so many of the things that may have caused an imbalance in my system. So try it see if it works for you try it yeah. at different times of your life
0: yeah exactly stay hungry my friends that's all i have to say <laughs> try different things and that was this week's edition of an organic conversation i'm helge helberg and i'm
1: sita Rani Paloma. and
0: we will be back that's the only constant is change and an organic conversation <laughs> we'll be back next week <laughs> <See you laughs> with then. another episode Bye. See you then. and as always for more recipes and tips and all the shows go to anorganicconversation.com or follow us on facebook dot com forward slash an organic conversation or on Twitter. Oh, our Twitter handle is at talk organic hashtag. <laughs> I love to say that. I don't know <laughs> why. Hash puppy hashtag an organic conversation.
1: An organic conversation is a proud production of the Organic Media Network. Associate producer, Kristen Ponger.
0: This show would not be possible without the ongoing support from our listeners. Whether it's a dollar a month or a one time donation, please consider becoming a patron of An Organic Conversation. For more information on how to support this program, please visit patreon.com. That's P A T R E O N.com forward slash an organic conversation. Thank you for your contribution.
1: An organic conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters. Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store, home, or business since 1988. The website is earlsorganic.com.
0: And also Fry Vineyards, America's first certified organic winery, producing organic and certified biodynamic wine. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot
1: Thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals for careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college
0: if you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to iTunes or anorganicconversation.com.
1: And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, please follow us on facebook.com forward slash anorganicconversation.
0: We are your hosts, Helga Helbert
1: And Sitarani Palomar.
0: And we'll be back right here, same place, same time, next week. See you
2: then.
1: Bye.